Cubed, the show where I chat with authors you should be reading, or in this case, listening to. This week, uh, let's see, this show is going to go live. <laughs> I forgot to say that part. This show is going to go live tomorrow, which is February 4th. And this time, I've got a special guest, Rebecca Seitz, and she has created these stories where you listen to this radio play and you have this box that you've gotten in the mail that has things in it for you to enjoy while you're listening. It is a cool, cool concept. Terry is joining me this week and I apologize, Terry. I was a little chatty and didn't let her get a word in edgewise. <laughs> Sorry, Terry. Uh, but let's get right to it. You will be fascinated by this. We're talking about her Valentine show which is going to go up Valentine's Day. And you still have time to order one of these boxes if you do it by February 6th, 2021. Don't do it too late in the day, though. Uh, make sure you do it early. So do it like right now if you're listening before then. So listen to the show and you will, you will absolutely be fascinated by what this woman has created. So let's get right to it. I will see you after. We want to welcome everybody for a special Valentine's show. I know we're a little bit early for Valentine's Day, but we wanted to get this out to you so that you could partake in this um, uh, special radio drama that we're going to be talking about. So I want to recommend, uh, recommend, well, recommend, yes, but also <laughs> introduce <laughs> uh, my sometimes co-host, Terry. Hello. <clears throat> and I'm choking on my own um, saliva here. Uh, and then we've got Rebecca Seitz joining us, and she's the creator, producer, director of Radio Dramas of Yesteryear. So yeah. welcome, Rebecca. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Can't wait to hear. So tell everybody what the Radio Dramas of Yesteryear are. Sure. So um, I've been in entertainment for about 17 years, and I started in book publishing uh, as a publicist, actually, for, for novels. And then I went into writing, and I wrote novels, and then I went from there into film and television. And when the pandemic hit, obviously, we couldn't be on set anymore. And so one of the ways we could continue to tell stories was to do podcasts. And I didn't really know at the time, thank goodness, that there was no genre for fiction really in podcasting about the only storytelling that happens there is true crime or you know that's or, or there's um lots of sci-fi and fantasy um so i just thought well I, i'm gonna tell stories that way and i'll write scripts just like i do for television and we'll use sound effects and music and we'll tell a story that way and so we we did our first one um we started the company at the end of 2019 on on Friday the 13th, December 13th in 2019. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, yeah, probably not the most auspicious day to start a company, but uh, then we had our first one out by May. It released, I think it was May 14th was the first episode. And that one was, um, we adapted the memoirs of a surgeon who had, who was born in Egypt and then raised in Germany and went to school in London and then moved to America. And he had this really illustrious career as a surgeon. And he was just, he just written his memoirs. And I found the whole story fascinating of what he had survived and the prejudice he had overcome in England as an Egyptian man. It's just, it was astounding to me. So that became 30 episodes. Uh, they released from May to September. And pretty quickly after we started releasing them, they were in the top 20% of podcasts worldwide. Wow. So nice. I was like, 
people like stories. What do you know? <laughs> they do. Did you do any advertising for them or did, was Not it just like, word of mouth? It was most of it was word of mouth. I did a little bit like maybe 50 or a hundred bucks worth of Facebook advertising to say, Hey, there's this story out there. Give it a listen. And really most of the advertising was because, um, about a month or two before the show was set to release. So we've been working on it in secret, you know, for six months. I mean, it had like 99 voices. I had actors from a dozen countries that I was directing via Skype. It was, it became quite the giant production <laughs> over time, but about two months beforehand is when the pandemic first hit or at first, you know, hit here in, in Florida pretty hard and everything just shut down. And I thought, well, okay, the two places people listen to podcasts anymore just went away, you know, going to work or at the gym. So I thought, okay, how do they listen to it now? What are they going to be doing? And I had this image of this woman who was a little like me, where she was like exhausted at the end of the day, because she's like, she's trying to do her job. So she's staring at a screen all day and her kids are in virtual school. I have two, they're doing staring at screens all day and you're trying to run the house and it's just craziness. And she was at the end of the day and she was just completely exhausted. And all she wanted to do was turn off the screens and just relax for a second. She wasn't ready to go to bed. She just wanted to relax for a minute. And I thought, uh, I saw her with her phone in her hand and she tapped our show and set the phone down and poured a glass of wine and sat down and just enjoyed the show. And I thought, I've got to, I've got to get the wine to her. I need to bring the wine to her. So I, um, I went and found a, a a vineyard in Napa Valley, Boise Collection. They've got vineyards there and in the south of France. And they had this huge, because they have several different vineyards associated with them, they had a big wine list to choose from. So I went down the wine list, studying their wines, and I put one bottle of wine with every episode that had something in common with it. So like in one episode, a suicide happens. And the wine that goes with that are these grapes that are crushed in a particularly menacing way to get the juice out. And so it was talking about, you know, you're crushed in medical school and these grapes were crushed this way and they only grow on this really rocky, difficult part of the vineyard. And so we, we matched all the wine up and then we called that pod pair that we were pairing with, with, with stories. And we put that out there to everybody. And so it's the long answer to your question of did we advertise? We mostly advertised that you could get the wine delivered to your house <laughs> to listen to the story. <laughs> <laughs> and I know so many people would be like, where do I sign up? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it was, it, it, you know, again, it's one of those things of I'm glad I was ignorant at the time because had I known how much alcohol and the movement of it in this country is regulated, I, I would not have started with such a difficult product no. to put with a story. It was just the layers of regulation and how, you know, some of the wines that I chose can ship into some states and not other states so then I had to choose substitutions and wow it became quite the ordeal yeah <laughs> mm. but there's more in the boxes besides wine right and so in the for making the cut it's just wine but then what happened was in fall after making the cut had finished releasing one of our listeners reached out to me on Facebook and she said hey do you have one of these that's just like one or two episodes instead of 30 because I want to buy the pod pair box and gift it to people so they can listen to a story and have this box of stuff. And I said, you know, I don't, but I can. So just give me a minute. <laughs> so I was on my way up to Disney, which is about three and a half hours from my house at the time. So I was in the car and I had time to think. 
And I thought, okay, so what would be a one episode? You know, that means you've got about 45 minutes to tell a story. You're not going to get too far into the characters. What can you do? And, you know, it was fall, so we were starting to hear about Hallmark Christmas movies. And I thought, I'll do a Christmas movie, just a one-off, a Christmas podcast, just a one-off Christmas story. And so I messaged her back, and I said, I'm going to do a Christmas one, and I'm going to do a Christmas box with it, and I'll let you know more when I know more. And so by the time I got home from Disney, I had the story, knew what I wanted to tell, and I thought, I just, I need, I need to find talent that's not too expensive because this is completely unbudgeted. And my niece was down, uh, she was taking care of my pets while I was at Disney. So when I got home, I said, hey, um, you know how I've always told you you'd be a great actress? <laughs> she was like, yes. And I said, do you have any friends that also like to be very dramatic? And so right there in my kitchen, she called her friends to let me hear their voices. And I cast the show right there, like within 30 minutes. And then we got together. Uh, it's just a few weeks later, I went up to Tennessee where they all live. Um, that's, that's where I'm from and originally from. And we recorded the show and that became the first Chocolate and Joy. And we paired a red box with it that had a gingerbread man Christmas cookie in it and Christmas munchies and hot chocolate mix, all of which the characters actually ate and drank in the show. So you could eat and drink with them while you listened to the show. And that one was a huge hit with people. I mean, it sold more wine, like 800% more than the wine. So now has the winery noticed? Do they know what you're doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had to partner up with them because going back to that regulation, I can't ship wine myself yeah. um, because I'm not a distributor. So I went through their collection. They actually can't sell direct to the public either because it has to touch three hands before it gets to the consumer. So they have a distributor that then stocks their wine and that distributor ships to my customers, ships to podcast customers. It's, it's very regulated. And it's, some states are even like, you're allowed to have so many gallons or so many liters delivered to your home per month or per quarter or whatever. It's very, very regulated. Yeah, it, it really is screwy because we, um, my husband and I, we were somewhere and we found this great Chardonnay from Chile. We wanted to buy a case. We had to buy it from Canada. We yeah, couldn't buy it yeah. from the winery in Chile. Yeah. You have to, there's something about, there has to be the maker and then there has to be the bottler and then there has to be the distributor. So um, Boise is a bottler that, that has all of their relationships with the vineyards. So that's two. And then they have the distributor that they ship the wine to and then they ship the wine out to the customers. It's, I mean, in some states like, you can only receive domestically made wine. You can't receive bubbly. So several of them were French champagne. You couldn't, or we couldn't ship to those, those states that don't allow bubbly. It, it, was, it was a lesson. It was a lot of learning of trying to figure out how to get wine to people just so they could relax with the story. I mean, that's all I wanted to do. Now, is there wine in every box? So those you can order one bottle at a time. The way I worked it out is one bottle per episode because I thought you might be listening with somebody or the episodes were coming out, um, I think once a week. So it was like you had a bottle of wine for that week. And so if you didn't consume it all while you listened to the show, it's fine. You had a bottle of wine to enjoy until the next episode and then you got the next one. And you could order, order them in boxes of one, three, or six. And so you could just you could plan ahead. And you didn't. You didn't have to order all of them, you know, maybe you just say, I just want episodes seven through 10 or whatever, you know, it's, 
And then if you liked it, like we did have one customer who the wine is very good. <laughs> so the um, it's not available at like ABC and Total Wine and stuff like that. You can't buy it at wine stores. And so one of the customers, she has continually, she just keeps repeating what she ordered during the show because she can't get it anywhere else. So that was nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, definitely. How, now, how often do the shows come out? So um, great question. So when I started 1C, I had always in my career been a pusher. Like I pushed things into existence all the time, you know, like make things happen. And when I started 1C, I was like, I'm just, I'm too old to do that anymore. <laughs> I don't have the energy. So oh. I was like, I'm going to have a completely different mindset here. I'm going to just let it happen. I'm going to work like I've always worked and I'll, I'll put everything out there that I'm doing and then just sort of see what comes together as it comes together. So the first year of 1C was like that. So we, we released, um, there were three shows totaling 38 episodes that year all of which were in the top 10 to 25% of podcasts in the world, uh, wow. which was nice. So it worked. Yeah. So then as the year progressed and different projects came up, I would just be like, I would sign a contract with some, we have two ways of making shows. Either I dream them up and write them or other writers sometimes come to me and say, could you convert my novel or my biography or my novella into a podcast? So as things came up, as ideas came to my head or other writers approached me and I thought I have time for that, I started adding on. And so then in November, I said, you know, I should probably put together a production calendar because it feels like there's a lot here. <laughs> and I did that and, and promptly had a heart attack because I realized <laughs> that the production calendar, um, we have eight shows totaling 70 episodes scheduled for this year, more than half of which come out before July. So that's what's going on right now. And one of those is what led me to you is Chocolate Enjoy Christmas was a hit. So I thought, well, let's do Chocolate Enjoy Valentine's Day. Just because Hallmark only does Christmas movies doesn't mean we have to. So I wrote a Valentine's Day sequel. And we, I got the cast all together at a castle in Georgia. I didn't even know there were castles in Georgia, but we found one. And we recorded at a castle in Georgia um, in early January, and that became Chocolate and Joy to Valentine's Day, which also has a Valentine's gift box in it. So that's, that's the next now, one it's, out. it's probably too late to order a box for this episode because this will air on uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thursday, right? Yeah, you have until the 6th, until February 6th to place your order. Okay, so and so this probably 4th, is going to go out. I don't know what today is. Oh, this actually might go out. So if anybody's listening, tomorrow's the 4th. So you actually do have a couple of days if you listen to the show early. And sometimes yeah. people do and sometimes they don't. So um, we will, in the show notes, we'll have links for you to uh, get to the website and do all the ordering and everything like that that you need to do. So how how do they find these shows? Now, if they go to, like if I, if I click on my podcast uh, link, my little podcast app, Mm -hmm. What do I type in to find your shows? So every show, I wish that Spotify and, and um, Apple in particular would allow us to have a network channel, you know, because several of us now are creating libraries of content. But right now they still force you to make people learn the show name every time. So like on television, I could say, I want to watch NBC shows and go to NBC. That doesn't exist yet in podcast world. And I'm just cannot wait until they do. Cause then you could just go to the one C network and look at all of our shows. Cause they're all story driven. Um, but for now 
the Valentine's Day and Christmas show. That's called Chocolate and Joy. So you just search for Chocolate and Joy in your podcast app. Um, the wine one is called Making the Cut, the mostly true life story of a retired surgeon. So you just put in the name of the show and find it. If you can't remember the names of our shows, our website has them all listed. And our website is justonec.com, J-U-S-T-O-N-E-C.com. And the reason for that is my Rebecca only has one C. So <laughs> my company is One C Productions. I figured even if I failed, people would be able to spell my name one day. <laughs> you know, even when you spell it for them, they won't spell it right. They don't, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I have a strange last name and no one's ever spelled it right. So <laughs> two seats too. I thought and I know she exists. We're gonna talk to her. <laughs> it's just the one. I tell people we couldn't afford two when I was born, so I just got the one. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, her her show came up easy. I typed in chocolate and joy, and it's the first thing that came up. And uh, it's got a great cover. Okay. A uh looks like maybe strawberries and a a uh, hot chocolate mug with a candy cane and a partially eaten gingerbread. Uh, oh no, man. that's well, that's still the Christmas art. So you must be on Apple Podcasts. Yes, yes, because so I have an iPhone. Yep. What we've noticed is so we we're the plan is to change the artwork with each new episode to keep the the logo of it is that heart that you see, and so the idea was well we'll keep the heart but you know change it for whatever the season is so people will easily be able to tell which episode is for which event. And um, what we found is that Spotify updates that artwork, you know, as soon as you put it on the platform. Apple, I mean, we put that new artwork up at least two weeks ago, maybe three. And Apple is still feeding out the Christmas artwork for Chocolate and Joy. So, again, it's one of those things where we're all figuring out podcasting because it's so new and how to work with the platforms, or at least I am. So I haven't figured out how to force them to update that artwork because the new artwork is a heart that has the suckers on it, it I should tell you, in the box. Um, I got a little bit smarter on this one. Instead of having to assemble all the contents myself, like I did at Christmas, I sourced them. And so it has these two, I should have grabbed these, they're here in my office. Uh, it has these two lollipops that are organic and gluten-free and kosher, and they're made by this woman-owned company up in New England. And then it also has a sugar cookie, an iced sugar cookie. You can see all this at chocolateenjoy.com. It has an iced sugar cookie that says love you on it, which pertains to kind of the lesson the guy learns in the story. And then it has, um, one of the things I love in it, it's a rose quartz candle. So the candle smells delicious. It's, it's amazing. But when you burn it all the way to the bottom, there's a piece of rose quartz in the bottom. And rose quartz is a symbol for unconditional love. And all of that plays into the story that you listen to. So you get all that in the box. Well, it seems like um, there's there's a lot of parts going into these products. Um, for example, you do all your, you find your, your actors, which you tell, you know, family maybe or friends or whatever. And then um, do you outsource uh, your editing or do you do the editing on that? So I do, um, I, I write, produce, and direct. Oh, and I don't write every show that we make because I just, as soon as I figure out the cloning process, maybe. But for now, <laughs> I write the ones that are sort of in my wheelhouse. Like, for instance, we have a show coming out later this year. I think it hits in June or July. 
and it starts in June or July, and it's called The Password Murders, and it's seven episodes of a murder mystery, and the pod pair boxes have clue kits in them, so you can put together the clues and figure out who done it. Well, I am not a murder mystery writer. I don't naturally do that, especially something as intricate as figuring out the clues and not giving it away by clue three. But I knew a writer based in Orlando who is excellent at that. His name's John Leatherman. And so I called John and I said, can you write this in six or seven episodes? And he just, the story is awesome. He finished the scripts this month and now they're in, they're in editing now. But it's just, you know, in that instance, I could try to write it, but it's never going to be anything as good as what somebody like John could produce or John could write. So I'll produce and direct it, but he wrote it. Um, so, so where it makes sense, we, we hire out. I do not do any of the editing, not even a little bit, but I do sit in the room with the editor after the first rough cut and, and say, you know, no, we, there's supposed to be two or three seconds pause there. Let the listener take in what was just said, or no, we're supposed to have a longer musical intro there, or a stem scene change or something like that. So I'll direct the editor, but I don't edit. And I don't create most of our artwork. Um, I hire graphic artists for that. And the talent, Chocolate and Joy is really the only one that I've like used friends and family. Mostly we hire actors for that. Like earlier today before I did this show, I spent two hours by Zoom directing one uh, voice artist in Serbia and another one, um, where was she? And she was in London. And then I was supposed to have another one, and then I realized, oops, this was overbooked. And so she, I'm doing her tomorrow, and she's up in uh, Canada. And they are all starring in Grandma Rambo, which comes out April 1st, and it's a British farce. And it's uh, about 12 episodes. It has a puzzle that comes in the box. You put together a puzzle while you listen. This is the most exciting, creative thing I've heard of <laughs> ever. I mean, you know, Mel and I, Melissa and I write uh, cozy mysteries. And um, yeah, and I'm thinking, Wow, <laughs> yeah, it's just so creative what you're doing. We could do that, or you guys could do those too. I mean, it's not, you know, what we're doing, I don't think is rocket science. It's just a lot, like you said, it's a lot of moving parts. It's, you know, I hired somebody to act as a casting director on Grandma Rambo because I learned on making the cut that I can't be responsible for creating sides and then waiting through thousands of auditions that come in and then working out the voice talent agreement with the actor and then scheduling them to actually do the recording. And then you have to go back to them because there are pickups. It's she froze. Yeah. Oh, she froze. I'll cut and go back to it when she comes back. Okay. There she is. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. We thought we knew you'd come back eventually. So, um, where, where were you were talking? I lost track of it now. I think I was just mentioning that, it, yes, there are a lot of moving parts. And now as we've grown, I've started hiring other people to help with the moving parts because you just, it's just too much for one human being to handle. And then, you know, the promotion of all of this is a whole other beast in and of itself. So yeah, there are a lot of folks helping now. <laughs> and I was just thinking of all the bookkeeping and everything. You're hiring people and, oh gosh. Yeah. It's a lot. Well, and we just, you'll see coming, uh, so I write for a business magazine as well, and that I'm now uh, working with that business magazine. I write um, profiles of CEOs for them, and there was this venture capital fund that I ran across, and we had been getting some interest in the company from venture capitalists and angels and all that, and I just don't 
math's not my thing. I was like, I, I don't, I'm not smart enough to have these conversations. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. But this firm had this three month program. And I said, well, what if I go through your program and then I'll write about it for the magazine. And so that's another time element that's come into play lately is now I spend this time talking to this VC fund or VC firm trying to figure out, well, okay, how do you go from, I've done what I can do financially, you know, this is the, we've got a ton of shows coming out, but if you want us to make even more, then someone else is going to have to feed into this thing. So we're kind of going through that process now and hopefully we'll be able to get even more people involved here. Cause I mean, it's, do you guys know about Gimlet Media and Wondery and those kind of podcast networks? No, I I didn't either either, girl um there was Gimlet started I think it was in 2004 or 5 and then no it was later than that because they were only about four or five years old when they sold in 2018 or 19 for 200 million dollars to Spotify wow and the they had 24 podcast shows that's what they were was a podcast show library and then last year there's one called uh, Wondery and Wondery has like true crime podcasts and one and and i think they have some news ones too and they sold they didn't disclose it but they were valued at about 300 million and so they sold to amazon so there's there's a definite you know thing happening in the podcast world right of of networks like ours and wondering gimlet forming and building a library of content and then going into partnership with the much with the distributors to have a much larger audience but for now I'm just really focused on telling stories, telling good stories. I mean, it's what we do at 1C. They're just stories that leave you better. Um, and with Cozies, I mean, you guys could adapt Cozies. The, the main difference between writing for book, so I write novels as well. I started, in, remember, in the novels world. The main difference between novels and podcast is podcast is, has to be dialogue heavy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're writing stories where instead of setting a scene, we're hearing people or we're hearing things happen like a body rolling down the stairs. And then somebody says, Oh my gosh, there's a body at the bottom of the stairs. You have to write it that way instead of describing what the body looks like. And it, it I like it because it leaves a lot more to the imagination yeah. to tell them what the body looked like. They can just imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a different kind of writing. I come from screenwriting and um, there's just no money in it. Or you get screwed. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. did at I one point. The latter. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, to protect myself, I moved to books, and um, now no one can screw me again. Yeah. So, uh, um, but yeah, it took me a couple of years to figure out how to write prose versus um, writing a screenplay. I mean, I love. I think I was talking about this last week. I love where you can just say, "A fight ensues." And you don't have to worry about it because the stunt coordinator is going to come in and they're going to set up the fight. And, you know, you, you just go on with the dialogue and, and everything else and you just move on in the story. But when you got a book and a fight ensues, you got to write the damn fight. You have to write the fight. Oh, you'll love this story. So, you know, I, I again, I was a novelist and a biographer. Still am. I mean, I write, that's actually my novel, one of my novellas right back there in this scene. Um, so I had never written a screenplay and my first series of novels um, some of the enough readers that, that weren't my family had asked if it could become a TV series. And I had started moving into television. So I kind of was like, you know, this actually could become a television series. I have no idea how to do that. So I called a friend of mine who is a really 
well-known good screenwriter. And I said, could I hire you to adapt it, you know, so that I would have something to shop around. And he said, well, wh why don't you just write it? And I said, oh, I don't know how to write a screenplay. And I don't even know what program you use to do that. <laughs> he said, well, here's the thing. Why don't you try and I'll read it. And if it's really bad, you know, I'll tell you and then you can hire me. But, you know, maybe you can do this. And I said, okay. So I ordered um, the scripts from Gilmore Girls and Sex in the City. And I sat in front of the television watching the show with the script in my lap to see what, how, what do they write to get it to look like that on screen. And that's how I learned screenwriting. And then I wrote the first screenplay and I sent it to him and he said, you absolutely can do this. And here's what it was. I had the same experience you had in reverse of, oh my gosh, this is so much easier. It's just dialogue. I mean, you just tell them what the scene is and then you can get into it. You don't have to spend pages and pages of this is what yeah. I was thinking while this was happening. You don't have to do that. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can knock a script out. And I know I had a friend um, who's an actor who uh, sent me an email and said, look, I need a monologue for a audition. And I wrote a 60 page script. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it because it's not that the scene is not fully fleshed out in your head. Of course it is. Or you couldn't be writing the scene. It's just that you don't have to take the time to transfer that onto the page you can just enter the scene, you know, it's forest night and you can enter it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I like the way that you taught yourself. I used to be a literary agent and occasionally I would get screenplays from people that the story was there, but it was just not written well. And so I had a favorite script and I would just take one page and return it and say, sit down and watch this show. This is the scene, watch what's happening. Um, and then you can see how you're supposed to write it. You know, and it's okay to say things like um, in the description, um, how could he not see that she was in love with him? You can say that because the that's actor okay. can work with that, yeah. you know? So uh, yeah, that's a, that, that was a great way to, and, and for filmmakers too, if you want to make films, uh, take a scene and every time the camera cuts, you stop it, you write down what you saw, what the was it a close-up was it far away how many people were in where was the camera located in relation to the actors yeah and and um uh, i used to teach an outlining class and that was one of the things i would throw in to the these screenwriters who were making their own films was take a scene from a favorite movie and do it yourself mm. a short scene you know you can take it and just set it in your kitchen instead of a castle or whatever but have the actors have put them in the same shot that they are in on the screen, same close-ups or far away, whatever, have them do the scene and then cut it together. And this way, you know exactly what is involved, how many camera angles you have to come up with and, and what is there. Yeah, I mean, it's a great way uh, to, and obviously it worked for you. To yeah, go well, and, and, the, and the big, it, it really served me when I then set off to write podcasts because as far as I've been able to find, you know, we have final draft over in the screenwriting world. As far as I've been able to find, even the radio dramas that you, the, that template that you can pull up in Final Draft, it's not really set for exactly what we're doing. So I kind of had to learn um, the shortcuts and, and then be like, well, normally this is a shortcut for a scene set. But instead, because I need to be able to run a report at the end that lists all of the sound effects for the sound guy to start creating the library for the show, instead of scenes, scene headings, I have, I use the scene heading format in final draft as a sound effect so um you have to kind of learn to work with what you've got and then the other thing is unlike oh if i'm writing for a screen i i am 
loath to include direction in my stuff for screen because I, I'm not a director in, in the screen world. And so I want, I want to make sure I leave room for the director to do what he or she is going to do. In podcast world, though, voice actors need you to tell them exactly how you want to deliver. So nearly every line of dialogue is like sheepishly uh, chuckling, you know, angry, upset. You know, you're having to tell them because if you don't, what I found was when, when I got online with them then to direct them virtually, you know, they're recording in their studio, but they have me virtually to direct them. I was having to clarify line by line by line every time. So now it's the scripts have a lot of that there so they can prepare ahead of time and really understand what's going on in the script. Yeah. Do we have time to talk about the other, the Flamingo family? Flamingo family, yeah. <laughs> is that your family? That is my family. So what happened was, I mean, I knew nothing about podcasting or anything like that. Um, what had happened was the first thing that came about was the show Free Evangelic that I do with my husband. And that was where he and I were experiencing a big shift in our faith walk in, in trying to figure it out. And uh, I had gone public with mine and everybody was asking what he thought about it. And he was like, I'm not going to write the way that you write, but I'll do a podcast with you. I'll talk. So we just started talking into a really bad microphone and made free angelic. And it hit because so many other people were experiencing what we were experiencing. We're from a, a very, very evangelical background almost a militantly evangelical background and we were coming out of that and others were too so it found its home and that's what really I had never recorded myself talking before that um, I had done media and stuff for stories but I had not like podcasted before um, and then the, my kids were coming home from school telling me about things they were experiencing we had just moved to a new area they were in new schools we didn't know anybody and, you know, like my sixth grader came home and she said, I have school and she said, well, everybody's trying to figure out if they're a boy or a girl. Mm -hmm. And I went, I mean, that's an actual thing for some people, but not like for 90% of the population. And it sounds like it's 90% of your class is trying to figure this out. Like you feel like that's something you have to figure out. It's not, it's something, you know, and the difficulty comes when what you feel like, you know, is not lining up with the physicality. And she was like, what? And I said, okay, look, <laughs> as we continue to talk about it, she said, I wish that you could just like sit down in my class and we could have this conversation with everybody because now I get it. I get what gender dysphoria is. And I said, you know what? We should just do a podcast as a family and we can talk about these things because we can't be the only ones who are, you know, encountering this stuff. And so that's really how Flamingo Family got started is we dealt with that and vaping and um, social media, you know, all the things, have a teen in between, all the things they face. And then we just launched season two this year, season two this year. Um, and it's it's a little bit just more about our lifestyle. We're going on a big, big road trip this summer if COVID will please go away. And so we'll we'll do a lot of shows from the road and stuff like that. So it's, a, it's veering a little more into just our family now instead of issues they face. But yeah, that's how Flamingo Family got started. I, I listened to your first one yesterday. And um, I, I'm a retired high school teacher. And so- oh, wow you just you know knocked it out it was it was great and and the subjects you know that came up that's the way it is now you know in school and i mean it, it is so different you know so different uh even since i got you know out of school and and then retired from teaching but um 
I, I just think it was really good. And I thought, I think maybe it was your family because, uh, you know, just the little things, it just like you, you guys were just talking. Yeah. <laughs> we talk a lot in this house. <laughs> um, but I think with my kids, thankfully I have two really good kids. I just, I got way lucky. I mean, I just have two kids that I, I not only love them, I like them as human beings. And so we get along really well, even when we argue, hello, what's parent child, but so there are arguments, but there's always communication there and a lot of honesty. And so, you know, when I ask, I don't ask them when I pick them up from school, how was your day? I'll ask them, you know, what made you smile today? Or what upset you today? Or what interested you today? Or something like that. And they'll tell me. And I just thought, yeah, your school experience is very, very different than even the one I had. And I'm not that old. I mean, I was just in school 20 years ago. And it, it's just, I can't imagine the things that they wrestle with or that they feel like they need to wrestle with and figure out in addition to everything you're supposed to be learning and being tested on all the time. Right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I thought if we can, uh, you know, part of the Flamingo family too was in my son's class, especially his, there was, there were some people in his class that we, we had become pretty familiar with their home life and we knew they didn't have access to this kind of information or conversation. And I thought, well, I can have everybody over my house all the time. That's fine with me. But there are probably other kids that also don't have access to this kind of dialogue and communication. And if you don't, if you don't see it modeled, then how are you supposed to, you know, do it differently when it's your turn to have a family? So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's why we did Flamingo Family. Right. I'm going to have to check them all out. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> the Fl Flamingo Family focuses on family issues. It does. It's, you know, we're a crazy family. My son and I both are ADHD, if you haven't picked that up for me. <laughs> so we chase a lot of squirrels, a whole lot of squirrels on the show, but generally we try to stick to one theme for each, um, each show. So you can, you know, pick what interests you and, and grab a, a, an episode. And now this year they're releasing twice a month, the second and fourth Friday of every month they release. I said, what, what days do the, um, Free Vangelic? No. Which one? <laughs> Which one of the many shows? <laughs> I, what, 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 do you, what do you want to call the whole uh, listening to the show and having the box? And, and what, what is that whole experience called? Those are called pod pair. Spell that. Uh, P-O-D, like a podcast, pod pair, P-A-I-R. -R. Oh, you pair it up. Pod, pod pair. pair. Okay. <laughs> okay. I got it. I got it. I'm really slow. Pod pair. That's a great way to put it. Pod pair shows. Okay. So you're, you're, you're pairing the show with the box. So what yes. days do those go live? They're different depending on the show, but the way to see all of them is um, the website's easier to remember. I thought people might have a tough time knowing how to spell pod pair or remembering it. So instead of making that the main website, the website is relaxwithastory.com. Relaxwithastory.com. I like that. I like that. I like yeah. that. Help me remember that, Carrie, because I don't want to have to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've, my office is filled with whiteboards, and I write everything down, but eh, I don't want to have to write it. So you I'm, could. Say, I, 
I'm trying to look clean my whiteboard. My smallest whiteboard is that one and it's clean at the moment, but I cleaned it because I knew I was going to do this today. So. Well, your background is very nice. Yeah, yeah, mine. Um, I used to have a great office. It was huge. It was full of everything, all this great stuff. I had a refrigerator and oh, then we nice. moved and I lost my office space and now I share it with the spare bedroom. And right behind me is a green screen. It's right there. So it's like right up against me. So I feel like I'm enclosed like, in this teeny <laughs> tiny little box. And it's so nice to take it down. Uh, but but behind me, you know, there's just no room. So I've got my two whiteboards, one in front, one to the side. And I've got like eight other ones in a corner. And I'll, I'll pick them up if I need to, to add them. But, but yeah, yeah. I, feel, I told my husband, I kind of feel lost. I need my whole, I need all my whiteboards back so I can see them all at once. And if I'm, you're- and Yeah, if you're, when I'm breaking down a story, I like to put, Yes. everything so I can see and I write every idea or different scene aspect in a different color I wish I could show you but right now so I haven't hung the latest whiteboard it's over there oh yeah 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 that's the production calendar for this year that's on it right now but what's underneath there are all the story beats for chocolate and joy three mother's day there's a mother's day one coming out as well this year and oh, it's, awesome. I'll write all the story beats first and keep that beside my computer so that then when I pull a final draft, I can be like, okay, I'm writing this scene and now I'm writing this scene, you know? Yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. And we'll, we, okay, we will have all of the links in the show notes, but tell people again, mm-hmm. um, uh, the Flamingo podcast is twice a month, every other Friday? Yes, to, uh, second and fourth Friday of every month. And that's family issues mm-hmm. uh, told through your family. So, and then the other one, go ahead and run them through how they so, can find it and when it comes uh, out. Uh, Flamingo Family, you can just put in Flamingo Family, you know, on any, any of these, you can just put the name of the show on, onto whatever podcast platform you use, Apple, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, whatever you're using, it's there. Um, so that's Flamingo Family Free Evangelic, which is the one about our faith walk. That's the last day of every month it comes out. Uh, Chocolate and Joy comes out on holidays. So the the Christmas one is out. Valentine's Day is about to release. Mother's Day is coming. And then there'll be a beach birthday. And then the whole cycle starts all over again. Um, And then what else did we cover? There's so many shows right now. Uh, If you go to, um, if you want to just see all the shows, again, just go to justonec.com, the J-U-S-T-O-N-E-C.com. And you can see all the shows listed there. Um, And there there are listen links on the on the, on the um, website. So if you see one, you think that seems interesting and you click on it, there's a link that'll take you to Apple. There's a link that'll take you to Spotify. There's a link that'll take you everywhere. It's all right there. And then people have, um, if you want to, like say, I want to watch the Mother's Day show. Mother's Day is May 8th? 9th, May 9th. May 9th, May 9th. Okay. So if I want to watch the Mother's Day show with my box, how soon before the show do I need to order the box to make sure I have it in time? We ship them, uh, we, we cut off orders one week before the event to make sure that we can get the box to you in time. So um, ideally the box arrives to you the, the day before. That's our goal. Um, sometimes it might get there two days before and you have to look at it for two days. So we're still working that out with UPS. But that to have the time to pick, pack, ship, label, get it to the UPS, then um, we need a week. So we cut off orders a week beforehand. But I will say, with Chocolate and Joy, it sold out before the date was there. So it's better to order early because I only order, because this is such a new thing. Pod Pair is, Pod Pair is so new, it's now, we've patented it and it has trademarks. So it's, 
because it's so new and we're figuring it out, I don't order a ton of inventory. I kind of guess of, we'll probably have this many listeners and this percentage of them will want the box. And so I'll order that much inventory. And I, I generally don't have time to order again before we have to cut off orders or before it all sells out. Now for the Thanksgiving show, you still have time if they want to order. For Valentine's Day, me? For this Valentine's Day, yeah. Yes, actually, I called the, the thing I needed more of if I was going to continue to take orders were the cookies. And I texted my cookie lady yesterday. So we're good. <laughs> As of Okay, this two, is going to go live on February 4th. So they have till what day? The 6th? They have till the 6th. And you know what, if I was hang on one second, and I'll just show you. Okay, so right on the other side of my computer. Let's see, I can at least show you a little bit. I wish you could see the other side of my office. It's such a ginormous mess. But like, this is one of the things that's in the box. When we say lollipops, we don't mean the little, this is like one of the lollipops. Oh, nice. And it's like, I don't know if you can see the pretty heart edge yeah. work on it. Oh, there. Yeah, that's like, and it's like, again, it's gluten-free and kosher and organic and handmade and all that from a lady. I think she's in Rhode Island. Yeah, if you're, um, if you're listening on the podcast, it um, it's a red lollipop and it has white hearts and little uh, decorations on it. It's real pretty. They're so pretty. And you get two of those. That flavor is like a watermelony, fruity flavor. It kind of feels like you're at the beach. And the other one is a chocolate caramel that to me tastes like coffee. So it's it's a real dark brown. It, they're so good. I was like, so I have to- Because you are also promoting the other, you know, your merchandise people. It's a lot. It's a lot to talk about because, and it can, I know it can feel overwhelming because everybody really is still wrapping their minds around what a podcast is in the first place. And now we're tacking on this additional thing of, right, but you can also eat and drink and work puzzle while you listen to the show. Plus there aren't stories in podcast world. There aren't a lot of them. And so it's a lot of new concept to wrap your mind around, but each one of those individually is a familiar concept, right? Like if you're going to watch a movie, you, you have popcorn, you eat with the stories, or if you're going to, you know how to listen to a podcast, that's something everybody knows what it is, or half the country knows what it is. So it's just kind of taking those familiar concepts and then putting them together to create a whole story experience where you can just relax right into it. so easy, but I'm just, you're blowing my mind. It's so- <laughs> fantastic it really is it's a great idea and you're right when we watch a movie we want to eat popcorn and doing the puzzle or figuring out the clues being involved not just listening but being an active participant in the show uh and and then it brings you back each week too because you said sometimes episodes last several weeks yeah like uh so making the cut was 30 episodes uh grandma rambo is 12 um, we have another one, the making the password murders are seven. So it's, you know, we're still playing around with how long do people want to stay with the same characters and show, you know, chocolate and joy by the end of the year will only be five episodes that are, you know, centered around holidays. So we'll watch the listen numbers and the pod pair sales numbers and see do people want to stick with the show long. We'll see. And then we also, Next year, we have television development coming, so you'll be able to, if you like Chocolate and Joy, then you'll be able to actually watch the TV show and order the pod pair box to watch the show while you <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. That's my, my, my thought the other day, actually, it wasn't my thought. I can't take credit for this. This was the attorney. He was like, you know, Rebecca, I mean, we have the patent on this. If you're going to pair up food, drink, or hobby with a story that is told on a screen or auditorially, 
that's pod pair. You have to use pod pair. Um, he said, so that extends to movies. So we started thinking out loud and I said, what if, you know, when, let's say you go see Guardians of the Galaxy and instead of going when theaters are open again, instead of going down there and just ordering generic popcorn, there's a whole box that is Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. And it's in the film that these guys are like drinking whatever, kind of like we had Reese's Pieces and, you know, E.T., that kind of thing. What if you could get the box and then go into the theater and you're getting to watch your movie and eat and drink what's in the movie? That would be cool too. So yeah, lots that we're thinking about with Pod Bear. <laughs> oh, I think there's, yeah, you're right. There's so much there that you can work with. This is such a great idea. Uh, anybody who's listening between February 4th and February 6th, you have time to order. But if you're going to order on the 6th, I would do it like at midnight on the 5th because uh, these are going to sell out or the, the time is going to lapse and you would not be able to get it and you'll have to wait for the next one. So if they order a box and the show lasts five weeks, it's just one box. So for, the for five chocolate, weeks. chocolate and joy, that's one box per episode. So the next episode is Valentine's Day. So it's a Valentine's Day box. And then the episode after that comes out on Mother's Day. It's a Mother's Day gift box. It has okay. Okay. cool stuff in that box too. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, it's, but it is a, it's a something that goes with every episode. The only one that's not like that is Grandma Rambo. And the puzzle is a thousand piece puzzle. And it's 12 episodes that la it's about 10 hours of content. So you have 10 hours overall to work this puzzle, which is about what it'll take you to do the puzzle. Oh, I'm a huge, I love puzzles. You know, the joke is that, you know, you get a puzzle for Christmas and you're angry. It's like my... Oh, yeah. That's my wish. I'm going to get yeah. a puzzle for Christmas. <laughs> well, and this one, like I, I found a painter to, I told her what the story was and I showed her some images and she painted this beautiful, uh, it's not a portrait, but it's like a portrait that includes the elements from the story in it. And so you, you're putting together this piece of art that you can't get anywhere else based off of this painting. It's the painting that we turn into the puzzle. And so you end up with a really pretty puzzle. You know, if you're one of those people that likes to glue them and hang them, which I am, I mean, you've got a really pretty one and a cool one with a cool story to hang on the wall at the end too. Cause I was like, nobody needs more stuff just for stuff. We need stuff that matters. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anything else you want to add in Terry uh, before we uh, wrap up? No, I just want to say, um, if you need any gopher to do this or that, I'm available. Awesome. <laughs> well, I, as we grow, you know what? You say that, but I will hold you to it. <laughs> well, well, thank you, Rebecca, for coming on today and uh, stealing Terry. And um, everybody, check it out because it is a really cool concept. And it's been very successful. You said you're in the top 10 and top 20. Isn't that crazy? Who knew? <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Well, you know, it makes sense. Yes. Because people like to hear a story. My favorite thing as a kid was listening on my transistor radio. Yes, I'm that old. Uh, they had, um, I lived in Boston and they had a show that would come on late at night. I thought it was midnight, but it probably wasn't that late. But they would tell stories, like ghost stories. And oh, I would wow. listen. It was probably a local radio station. I would listen to these radio plays and it was just my, one of my favorite things. Just absolutely loved it. I, so. I love it too. And I, I mean, I will say the joke here is that I get very overwhelmed with a lot of auditory content coming at me. Um, and the 
just so the joke is that I make it for a living <laughs> and it can overwhelm me if too much of it is going on. But I just love, I, I don't listen to a lot of talky podcasts for that reason. Like I can listen to maybe one and then it's like, okay, I've taken in a lot of content and I need to let that settle. So like I would listen to your show and then I would be like, okay, I can't listen to another one today because I need to let settle what I just heard versus I can listen to a story all day because it just, my brain just processes it differently. It just likes to relax into a story. You're there and you're, you're just experiencing it. It's very weird. Or, or I guess my brain is very weird. I don't know. <laughs> um, I love talkie podcasts because you can learn so much and they're fun and it's like having best friends with you. And I wish I wish I know people that listen to a dozen of them a day. I'm like, oh, I wish my brain could do that. But my brain will be like, what is wrong with you? No, we will explode now. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. So a little sensory overload. I kind of get the same way where I'll listen for weeks know to lots of podcasts and then i'll go a couple months without listening to any just because you're right it's like sensory overload and i'll go back to books again for a while and then i'll mm -hmm. switch it up and yeah mm -hmm. well thank you so much for coming thank on today you. and everybody i'll have all the links in the show notes so you can check that out and uh, i am excited for the mother's day show the valentine one yeah. is is a little <laughs> too close for me but the mother's day one sounds really cool so i think i'm gonna thank get involved you. Get, get a box for that one hey they come to Florida in at Mother's Day where we are. So <laughs> you'll love that one. <laughs> Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Oh, nice meeting you. You too. Thank you. thank you so much, ladies. Thank you, Terry. And thank you, Rebecca. And you may have noticed if you're watching on video that the opening for this week's show was a little dark. My lamp burned out right as we finished the interview. I don't think it burned out during the interview, but it might have. <laughs> Can't remember now. I ordered a new bulb. Oh, well, uh, they last like 200 hours, but I've had the bulb for 10 years and I've been using it. I was really surprised it lasted as long as it did last. Anyway, all the links you will find in the show notes. And if you are listening uh, early and it is February 4th, 5th, or early on the 6th, order your box so you could participate in the Valentine's special this sounds so exciting. I'm going to see if I can get a box if they're not gone yet. And I think you should do the same. If you'd like to comment on this week's show, go down to the show notes and look for that word comment. It will take you over to our YouTube channel and you can comment this way. They're all in the same place and I can read them and I don't miss anybody's comments. And that's it. Uh, you can like us on Instagram. You can contact me on Instagram or here or follow on that link below. That's it for now. I've got a great show for you next week. Vampires. Very, very cool. One of my favorite subjects. So make sure you come back for that. And I'll see you next time. So in the meantime, go read a good book. Mm -hmm.